0: I'm Rob. And I'm Dave. And you're listening to The Doctor Who Show presents Season 11 of Doctor Who, where tonight, Dave, it's our hot take on The Ghost Monument. Hello.
1: Hello. It's a very hot take. I know that you finished watching this 10 minutes before I did, and I finished 10 minutes ago, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm still assembling my thoughts on this one, Rob. It's going to be very, very raw, I think.
0: <laughs> That's all right. That's uh, quite okay. Uh, I did finish a few minutes before you, and for the first time this uh, series, I've only watched it the once. Obviously, last week I watched it twice before we recorded the show.
1: <laughs> I think it's a bit early in the run to be talking about first times. And, and, and precedent busters.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, we did something precedent busting last episode, Dave, and that's we forgot to do our Word of the Week that we made famous back in Series 10.
1: We did. Very, very neglectful of us.
0: Very neglectful. Have you thought of a Word of the Week this week? And we'll get it out there up front so everyone knows what it is.
1: I have. My Word of the Week this week for the Ghost Monument, also known as the Planet of Death, <laughs> is fish.
0: Fish. Fish. Is that like the cat in Red Dwarf where he goes up to the vending machine? What would you like? Fish. Hello, sir. What would you like? It's the same word. Fish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gee, that takes me back. Yes, yes, yes. Fish.
0: Fish. That's what I think of whenever (laughs) I think of fish. Uh, My word of the week, Dave. My God. Please tell us. I'm already losing my mind. My word of the week is Approximately.
1: Mm. They're very different
0: words Indeed Shall we kick off where the show kicks off With the uh, the titles and, and music, Dave Because we didn't get those in the last episode
1: uh, Yeah, we we, we we should I must confess When I woke up this morning I thought, okay, I'm just going to sit here I'm going to pull the iPad And I'm going to just watch this episode Until I've seen the titles So I'll watch the cold open and the titles And then I promise I'll stop and I'll go to work mm. I didn't have to wait very long <laughs> No,
0: they're right there <laughs>
1: It's like, well, I guess I'll be getting up now then.
0: <laughs> so what did you think?
1: Yeah, I, I like them. I'm I'm not blown away by them, but yeah, they're really kind of cool. The graphics are cool. They're, they're very Doctor Who-ish. I think they resonate well with, with Doctor Who fans. And the music is... Uh, back to basics is the wrong phrase, but it is going back to a very traditional Doctor Who sound and feel and beat, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel similar. I, the Graphically, I think, yeah, this is better than what we had. I, I just thought the previous ones with, you know, the clocks and everything was like, oh, really? No, I, I really didn't like the Capaldi credits at all. Uh, this is much better than those. It's still a little bit random and it's still very much like a mirror image of itself, um, whereas the original titles were a bit more organic. They were slightly... Um, off if you if you get what i mean they weren't like just yeah, yeah, yeah. like a perfect mirror image on each side of the screen there, that, there wasn't
1: perfect symmetry with them
0: that's the, that's the word i'm looking for and this this has that symmetry which niggles at me a little bit but in general yeah i really like the look of them and musically yes because it does borrow so heavily heavily from the uh, derbyshire arrangement i'm like yeah, this is this is pretty good. There's there's a few beats here and there. I think mm, I might not have done it that way, but on the whole, yeah, I can get behind it. It's okay.
1: It, it sounds good, as as I kind of predicted. and I think I'm probably closer in my prediction than you were, Rob, mm-hmm. uh, when we, when we spoke about this in our monthly show. It, it is the original Derbyshire theme with a little bit more modern sound over the top of it, and a little bit more vibration and, and depth to the sound, which I think is pretty cool i i i like it um and it's got the diddly dumbs at the start and as i've said before it's only a real doctor who theme if it's got diddly dumb at the start i was
0: going to say you wanted the diddly dumbs back they came back i was thinking he might have gone for more of a like a house beat underneath those samples he hasn't gone there so he has gone more traditional and that's great
1: yeah no i like them. it was a good start to the episode
0: all righty well speaking of the episode shall we talk uh, broadly about the the story i
1: guess Yeah, Rob, tell me, what did you think of the Planet of Terror?
0: (laughs) Dave, I think this episode started great, then got a bit ho-hum. I really, really enjoyed the space and spaceship scenes at the start when they're on the two different ships. Uh, It might have been almost a bit Night of the Doctor, like we're in a ship. It's, It's not doing so well. We need to do drastic things. You know, we're rushing about. We're in space. Excellent. But then they get down on the ground, and although it's beautifully shot, and although South Africa has maybe never looked better on Doctor Who, uh, never been seen before on Doctor Who, I guess, (laughs) uh, it just didn't feel like they travelled very far or did something very epic, uh, especially for a race that had come so far and killed so many people and was worth so much money, Uh, it was like a very anticlimactic end to such a ostensibly big race you know to me it might have felt a bit more realistic as if this was just a slice of the same race maybe from earlier in the race and the doctor and companions were just caught up in one leg of the race and it wasn't all about who was going to win in the end uh and it, it could maybe feel a bit smaller maybe i'm being a bit nitpicky but uh that's how i felt about it
1: okay you've said a lot there Robin. At the end of it, I'm not sure how you felt about it. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it?
0: Yes, yes. And at the end, when we give our scores, people will see that I um, I certainly think it's no worse than last week's, and I, I enjoyed last week. Uh, I guess I'm being nitpicky in some ways.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I enjoyed this. Uh, during the week when we were discussing the episode on Twitter, Rob, with some of our, our listeners, yes. you asked, what did I want from this episode? And I said, I want an improvement on next week. After we've got the introductions out of the way, I want a good adventure. And we got a good adventure. Mm. We had the introductions out of the way. We still added a bit more to the characters. We saw a bit more of a couple of characters. That's that's fine. That's how a series progresses. I thought this was a good, fun adventure in space and time. Uh, was it as deep and as as amazing as I thought it could be? No, it wasn't. But, but I also said that Smile, to me, was the real... Example of how to do an episode two of a series, how to take that introduction and move on and have a good fun adventure and slowly ramp up the tension and the depth of the series. And this reminded me of Smile quite a lot. I've certainly got some some, some nits to pick as we go on, but it was a fun adventure and, and I was enjoying it. Yes, there were a couple of moments when it dragged and, and I think we're going to agree on some of that, role. but mm. I enjoyed it. And, and the South Africa stuff...
0: Yeah look I I thought it was good Maybe not enough was made of it though I know they've got these new cameras I know that the filming looked quite epic in places There was a scene where they were sort of spread out single file Walking from uh, left of screen to right of screen And their bodies were sort of distorting And maybe it was a heat haze kind of effect or something I thought oh that looks really good You know so I thought it looked pretty good at times But then at the same time I thought Should this terrain be kicking their ass a bit more You know, like, Bradley Walsh has put on his his women's sunnies, and and that's funny, but they're not, like, overly sweaty, they're not, like, really getting their ass kicked, it's like, I'd like this terrain to feel a little more deadly. I know at times, like, when those robots pop up, it gets a bit deadly, but even the fact they say, oh, there's these microorganisms in the water, they'll eat you, why couldn't they have dropped, like, a, a chicken nugget? Or something in the water, you know, just to test it out and just see these uh, microorganisms eat the chicken nugget or something. You know, I would have liked to have just seen a little bit more about how the planet was really deadly.
1: You're starting to sound like that guy in Vengeance on Varus, Rob, where you, where they have the acid baths and um, the viewer <laughs> says, "Oh, you see, they they always drop something in there first. That's to show the viewer at home that it's really dangerous." <laughs> Uh, no, look, I'm, I'm going to disagree. I really liked the way that they used the locations here. I didn't know that this was being filmed in South Africa. I had genuinely no idea. So about 10, 15 minutes in, as they're sort of going through that terrain, and I'm looking at going, that's not a quarry. And the the ground looks like nothing I recognise in the UK or even really Europe. I wonder where this is. And I, I paused around and did a quick, quick search on Wikipedia and saw it was South Africa. Now, look south africa is not the same without philip madoc as a um customs guard but we can't have that uh, sorry goodies reference there yes. um no i i thought it made really good use of it it looked like a different alien terrain and then the stuff they had right at the end of the episode the climax up in the mountain which i don't know where that was but i reckon, i reckon probably north of the cape district somewhere mm-hmm. just that's my guess i've only been to south africa once and then only, the, only to the Cape District. So I'm not an expert whatsoever. I, no, I was really impressed by the location work. Yeah.
0: Oh, look, again, I was impressed by it. I think I just would have liked to have seen it, it do more and just feel more deadly and just feel like it was, as I say, kicking their ass a bit more.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't feel that as I was watching it. Uh, I've got to be honest. I, that, that didn't occur to me. Now that you raise it, yes, I do get where you're coming from. And, and it does make you wonder whether, if this was a different story, there might have been a third competitor in the race who didn't make it and did get to be killed along the way so that you could realise how how up the stakes were, perhaps. Mm-hmm.
0: And just even in terms of breaking a sweat, I don't think anyone broke a sweat. No one threw their jacket over their shoulder or put their hands down on their knees and were like, oh, you know, wow, this is, this is tough. You know, it just seemed a bit... Uh I don't
1: know. Okay, none of that occurred to me when I was watching it. So, hmm. uh, not, not not disqualifying what you're saying there, but I, I was kind of relaxed about it.
0: Okay, something you said you would look at from last week, and I'm not sure if you have this week, but I certainly looked out for it, was cliched and clunky dialogue. I picked up on a bit. Dave, did you pick up on any?
1: Uh, it was better than last week. Mm-hmm. It was still there. Yes. Now... Who actually wrote this? I didn't even check This the, was the
0: Chibnall script. again.
1: So pure Chibnall?
0: Pure Chibnall. That's pure uncut untu- Chibnall.
1: Interesting because it felt to me like a two-author work in that somebody had written a script and somebody else had come along and added to that script. There were moments of it, just tiny moments, that felt to me like they'd been plugged into this story mm. and didn't really belong or, or almost like he sort of had a few character moments he'd written independent of everything and gone, oh, I'll copy and paste that bit into this one, and I'll copy and paste that bit into this one. Uh, so a little bit, better better than last time, though. I thought it was an improvement. What, did you have any examples you particularly highlighted there, Rob?
0: Yeah, I picked up on one, and, and apologies if I've got the, the name of the race wrong, but it was the character Angstrom, uh, played by Susan Lynch, and I think Yaz says to her, so, you're an Angorian. And she says, yes, I'm an Angorian from Angor. And and then, <laughs> now, let me give you a history of my planet. And it, and it just, I, I realise why it's there. I realise why it's useful. I realise how it could almost be realistic dialogue, but it just didn't ring true to me.
1: It's something that I've noticed a lot more lately, particularly since Richard and I have been doing the Blake 7 podcast, where, because of Blake Seven's serial format, there are new characters every episode. And some of them are drawn really, really well with just a few bits of dialogue, mm. Others others simply are not. And and writers like Robert Holmes and Malcolm Hulk in the classic series, and even Terrence Dix, really. Terrence Dicks was really good at this without being showy. And I should add Russell T Davies is probably the master of it in the new series. I shouldn't neglect him. Mm. They are very good at creating a character from a few lines of conversation. So without having an info dump, you get this feeling of what sort of a person this character is, what makes them tick, what their vibe is, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. And, and, and And yeah, I think this episode did struggle a bit with that
0: it felt very info dumpy to me that particular scene where they were sitting by the the campfire i think they were
1: yeah i mean that that character of uh, uh, it's not armstrong it's arkstrom or something angstrom angstrom right i, I just thought her as armstrong for the whole, <laughs> whole time um yeah like what do we know about her we what we know about her is kind of what you would expect to find in the encyclopedia of doctor who mm. as, as you say she is of this species from this planet and she turned up in this episode and and that to me was a shame because the story of this episode i really enjoyed i'm very very effusive about that uh the characters within this i'm less effusive about
0: yeah well the other person questing for this prize was epso and like angstrom i think they were both kind of cliche in a lot of ways I, I couldn't quite grasp how, how she sort of knew so much about him, even, like, his sleeping habits and stuff. It's, it's like they've, they've somehow been on these quests before where they've sort of been on the same path together. I, I mean, how I, else would you know I, that I, about I, each other?
1: No, I kind of assumed that this was like a, um, uh, a great race or something where they kept bumping into each other all the time and they'll be on the same ship now and then and all that sort of thing. I, I, I was very relaxed about that. Okay. Uh, but I do agree that she was a better character than he was. He he was a walking expedition machine.
0: Yeah, and the story about jumping out of the tree and hitting the ground and his mother saying, there, don't trust anyone. It was a
1: wee bit cliche. It, it, it was a nice idea. I, I think some people will really like it. It, it fell a little flat for me, uh, and it did. And I'm sorry to bring up Blake 7 again, but... Anybody who's seen the Colin Baker episode of Blake Blake's uh, City at the Edge of the World, he has a wonderful little monologue in there about, you know, his mother and, you know, my mother, babe, she said to me, she called me babe. You know? <laughs> Imagine Colin Baker saying that if you haven't seen it, it's a great episode. Um, yeah. But that, that, this speech reminded me of that, but not done nearly as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, so that was a bit unfortunate. Uh and I guess the, uh, the the third wheel that they're sort of playing off from time to time is Art Malik playing, uh, I think, Island. Island, I think his name might have been.
1: I really liked him. I thought he was really cool.
0: Uh, look, he looked great and he acted really well because he is a, a great actor who I think last week we said he's been in everything. Uh, but was he a little bit wasted just popping up twice as a hologram? I,
1: I didn't think so at all. I, I, I didn't really, like I'm aware of the name and I'm sure if I Googled him I'll I've seen him in stuff. I know yeah. I have. But, um, I think he was in Tyrant and a couple of other things that I do remember seeing him in, but he, he's not that big a deal in my mind. Uh, I really loved his character. I love the way he delivered the dialogue. I loved the way that he was a little bit more natural than the other two, and I really loved the way that he was completely indifferent to the Doctor and the Doctor's companions. Yes. He's like, no, no, they, 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 these aren't part of me. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm not, not, and, and he didn't allow himself to be distracted by them. I thought that felt really, really real. And I particularly liked the bit right at the end where he's like, okay, well, we'll change the rules, right? Well, you've won, let's go home. Oh, what about those guys? No, snaps his fingers and they're gone. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there was no, he he was not aware that he was in a television show called Doctor Who. Mm. He was just a character and I really liked that.
0: Yeah, I got to say on the, on the whole, I liked it. Although I knew they were going to find that TARDIS at the end. Uh, and when he snapped his fingers and made them disappear, I thought, "Oh well, there we go. We're about to find the TARDIS." That, that's how they've cleared the decks of uh, those three characters so quickly.
1: There was a lot of stuff in this I really enjoyed. I was being carried by the adventure a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked the way that the plot built up, not in an overly, overly complicated way, not in a way that was sort of doing somersaults or cheated. But there were little lines in there, like you know, whether this is this is the final planet. Oh, your bonuses. I like the way the r- rally had the rules about you'll be disqualified if you injure or kill or sabotage. I thought, great, we're not going to have one of those tedious, amazing race, cliche ones where everybody's trying to sabotage each other with crazy stuff and knock each other off. We're we're saying the rules and we're not doing that. And I really like that. I like the way that it built up. I like the way it explained what the planet was and why it was like this. I thought this was a plot that developed and was enjoyable. And for 48 minutes, I was happily engaged and I enjoyed this episode
0: although that did give us a stupid line from episode when he's like oh well i might just kill her you know i don't play by the rules and i thought well how could you get to the end of this race and be one of the last two if if, if you have that attitude you know you would have broke the rules long ago surely
1: i must admit i was kind of waiting for uh that moment of uh him injuring her and then being disqualified and killed himself
0: mm-hmm yeah.
1: Uh, but, but we didn't go there, so, so you know, points to it, points to it.
0: Yeah. No, it, it turned into every child wins a prize at the end. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was fine with that because I wasn't all that engaged with those two characters. I, you know, had one of them died, I wouldn't have been all that upset. Yeah. Um, them winning, I wasn't that, that fussed about. I was kind of, car- as I've said a couple of times now, I was carried in this by the story and the adventure not by the characters.
0: Well, good-o. Well, let's talk about some more characters. Let's talk about the main characters, Dave. The Doctor, Yaz, Ryan and Graham. Where do you want to start?
1: Look, having been very positive, I'm now going to be a little bit negative and that's because I'm going to talk about the Doctor. Okay. I was quite disappointed with the Doctor in this story. There were several moments that I felt were not just poor moments or weak moments... There were moments that were actually detrimental to Jodie as the Doctor. There was the moment when she was almost begging Art Malik for information that, that just seemed to be really beneath the dignity of the Doctor. There was a moment when she was kind of just gave up, at, right at the end where, where um, Art Malik and his tent had whisked away. And they're like, oh, this man will never get home. And she's like, no, I'm, I guess not. Sorry about that. Ooh, I'm so bad. I'm so... And I just thought, this is, this is actually really, really bad. She had good moments along the way. Her scientific discovery was really good and very doctorish. I liked that. Mm. Uh, her, her compassion was really good. I like that. So I'm not smashing Jodie here, but I'm really concerned. There are a number of moments there that I thought really, really, really were to her detriment. And when she's only in her second episode, we're still deciding just how good a doctor she is. And if she's really able to do this role, and, and, and we have this discussion with all doctors... Those moments were really, really terrible in my mind. Okay.
0: My wife at the end of this said she still doesn't have a grasp on where Jodie's at. And I'm not sure I do either, although I tended to like her on the whole in this. Although that scene where she did give up at the end, particularly when it all turned around within 30 seconds and the TARDIS was there and she was excited and so on, I thought, well, what was the point of that? Why couldn't the Doctor have just turned to the sunset and just gone, we're going to get out of here. You know, something will come up. And then the TARDIS appears and, of course, something's come up. You know, that would have been more doctorish to me. That still would have flowed. So that was an odd scene. But on the whole, I quite liked her. And, you know, I made a note here. Do I see some Davo in there? Because she's quite polite. She's more polite than a lot of recent Doctors. Like, several times, at least I think several times in the episode, she was saying to the, the companions and such, you know, thank you for being here and, you know, thanking them and, and such. And then I thought, oh... Are we just projecting things on her? Because, you know, people on our Twitter feed have said, oh, she's a bit like Smithy, I like that. Or, oh, she's like Tennant, my God, that's horrible. Um, you know, and I'm saying, well, yeah. hey, maybe she's a
1: bit Davo." <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we saw a similar thing happen with Capaldi where people wanted to say, what doctor is he like? And, oh, he's a bit like the third doctor. Oh, he's a bit like Tom Baker. Oh, he's a bit like Hartnell's doctor. And and, and after a while, you actually, no, no, he's like his own doctor. Yes, Um, But but, but you're right, we are still at that phase of Jodie's portrayal where we are kind of trying to use other Doctors as a reference point to get a handle on her. That's a very natural thing to do. As I said, there were some lovely moments in her her stuff with the um, acetylene I thought was a lovely Doctor-ish moment. I thought the way that she had a confrontation with um, the male competitor whose name escapes me. Uh, Epso. Epso, yeah. that She had a confrontation with him later in the episode that I thought was actually really, really good. And that's what I want to see from her Doctor. As I said, there were several moments, though, where I just thought, nah, this is actually undermining the character, and I hope that this is an aberration, not a trend, because it would be very, very poor if Jodie Whittaker's Doctor was the one who begs and gets dejected and gives up. And and again, listeners, let us know if you saw the same things I did or you're you're more with Rob. I I thought this was actually something I wouldn't expect from any Doctor. Interesting.
0: Okay. Shall we move on? I'll pick Yaz.
1: Dave. Can I, can I say, Rob, I have a note right here. i just let me read this out verbatim to Okay.
0: You.
1: Twelve minutes in. Has Yaz had a line yet?
0: <laughs> My note here, Yaz, still the third wheel. At least it feels that way.
1: Uh yeah, she 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 contributed nothing to this episode other than feeding lines to other people. Mm. I I just again not drawing conclusions because we're only two episodes in, but I'm now a little bit on the alert that this is going to be the Devo TARDIS team again, where somebody either gets to be asleep in the TARDIS for an episode or someone gets locked under the floorboards for an episode or someone gets locked in the cellar for an episode or just somebody really just wanders around without anything to do for an episode. Jumping forward, I think it's likely that next episode will be the Yaz episode. Mm. Um, I hope that doesn't mean then that one of the other characters gets locked in a cellar <laughs> for that episode. Um Chibnall has given us three companions. Clearly, he therefore has a plan and a reason for doing that. Mm. And therefore, I hope we're not going to just have uh, this this ongoing problem of somebody being the third wheel, and more often than not, it's Nyssa. Sorry, I mean Yaz.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if Yaz is Nyssa, Ryan... Well, you like Ryan, so Ryan must be Adric. And uh, Graham has all the good lines, so he's Teagan, clearly.
1: Uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> that actually works. I, I don't think Janet Fielding would be upset with that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, look... I've got nothing really more to add there on Yaz. I'm I'm a bit disappointed with where she's at because I think she she seems to be a good actress to me and she's got potential and she looks good on screen and she looks good as part of the team. I'd just like to see her be given
1: something. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It, it's not it's not the actress. It's it's the script. Correct. Uh, having been a bit down on the doctor and and well, I'm not down but just disappointed by Yaz. I haven't been a bit concerned about Graham last episode as your recall role. Yes actually enjoyed him a lot more this episode i thought he was a much better more rounded character this episode and particularly at the start uh when he was separated from the doctor i actually thought that there was a moment where he was actually taking the you know threatening to take over the lead he was almost being the ian of this ensemble and i hope that there aren't disingenuous fans out there who start saying well he should be the doctor and she should be the companion Mm. if they do i hope it's just a reflection of how much better he was this time, and, and and like I say, he was becoming the Ian Chesterton to to Jodie's doctor. What about you? you? You quite like you quite liked Graham last time. Did you like him this time?
0: Oh, I liked him even more this time. You know, good, good. Those sunglasses, the lines he was given. I won't say he stole the show because I don't feel that he stole the show, but oh, he was close. You know, he was he was doing some good stuff.
1: Yeah, he was. I, I thought he was a lot more well rounded and a lot more human there. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I quite like Graham. I, I, I thought he was very well performed. And yeah, he was a big plus of this episode, unquestionably.
0: All right, so let's bring it on home with Adric. I mean, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed Ryan more this time around. His uh, dyspraxia got played on a little bit but not too much. Uh, I did say in the first episode, you know, I hope it doesn't become a thing like, you know, where he has to walk the tightrope at the end of the episode to save the day or something. Here it was just like, "Mm, I don't like ladders so much, you know, and I think he fell over at least once. Um, So that was good. I thought that was played pretty well.
1: It was a a nice natural character moment without everybody sort of Putting a great big sign and going, here's the dyspraxia moment. Yeah, I agree.
0: And I loved where he thought he was suddenly in a first-person shooter video game and went running around like crazy and then ran out of ammunition and was saying, where's the reload? And he was actually making a hand gesture on the gun like characters make. I know you probably don't play a lot of FPS games, Dave, but characters will often make that hand gesture when they're reloading in games. And he was making that gesture on the The rifle. So I, I cracked up at that moment.
1: It's interesting you say that. I was really liking uh, Ryan in this episode. He was again my favourite of the ensemble. I thought he had some wonderful lines. Well, really well played. My one negative was actually that moment. And I think maybe it was because I've, I have not, not, not only don't play many of them, I don't play any of those games. Mm. So to me it was actually kind of just a really stupid moment and, and I thought actually, again, it was to the, to the detriment of the character. Uh, that, I suspect, is something I may be in a minority on because I imagine a lot of fans and a lot of viewers would have had, like you, the the understanding of what was being referenced and seen. I, I had genuinely, I was just, you what, what's he doing? And then the yelping, everything else, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, you, you clearly got that reference, which is, which is
0: good. Yeah, and look, I can see that if you didn't play those games, it might seem a bit weird for him to suddenly become all macho and be like, I was born for this moment. And, you know, that's like, what? Where did that come from? You know, because I was a bit like that when he said those lines. But then when he ran outside and the way just the crazy way he was shooting i thought he's playing an fps and then when he tried to reload i was like oh i i get it now so yeah but if you didn't get that yeah it would seem a bit weird i think
1: yeah uh, it, it, it was it was it was just odd and a little bit creepy and crazy for me which was a shame because as i say otherwise i was really enjoying his character i think that the actor who plays him is extremely good at Internalizing emotion and showing us internal emotions of a character, Mm. which is really hard to do as an actor, but this guy does it really, really well. I I like that. I like the way that he's playing on multiple levels, not just all out in front.
0: Do you think it's all leading up to Graham lying there dying on the ground and Ryan saying, I love you, granddad? or, Or Ryan about to get sucked into a black hole into another dimension and seeing Graham for the last time and calling you granddad? Or just some sort of granddad moment?
1: Ooh, I hope not, but you could be right. Mm,
0: I just get that feeling now that they're playing on that, you know, oh, you're still calling me Graham, you know, sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I actually hope it's not, because I actually think, thought there was that lovely little scene where Graham and Ryan were talking about um, his, his late grandma slash wife. I actually thought that was done actually really well as real people. And if it did have a cheesy call me grandpa moment it would have felt like they knew they were in a TV show, which would have disappointed me.
0: Hmm. Uh, Fair enough.
1: Uh, The only
0: other character I guess there is to to talk about is the new TARDIS, Dave. I really liked the the moment where the TARDIS arrived. I liked the fact we didn't go too heavily into, oh, how are we all going to fit inside? Those lines were there, but we got past them. And the,
1: yep, I'd, I'd agree with both of those. I, I enjoyed the moment. It was a nice moment. And the
0: interior, I think, suits Whitaker's Doctor very much.
1: Oh, I hope that's not the case because I f- hate it. Ah, uh, where's the beep? Where's the beep button, <laughs> Dave? Sorry, I'm going to delay your editing now with that one, but I'm keeping it in there. Yeah. Because I, I really, I really, 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 really disliked it. I really did.
0: Interesting. What What did you... Because it has these crystals that are in a similar sort of configuration to where the Coral sort of looking stuff would have been in the Tenet and Eccleston TARDIS.
1: Yep, and I hated the Coral. Did you really? I really did. I, I think that there is a sense of simplicity in the console room that works better. I think that it is... I think this one is just overly complicated. It is overly dark. It is overly uh, cluttered and, and overly complex. Um there were a number of even just in the few minutes we were there there were a number of shots there where those stupid crystals were in the way and i'm like how are they going to film around this it's just it was just needlessly it was needlessly begging to be interesting and better and different and i really really hated that Um, i'll give it one point which is for the police box door thing i actually really like that Mm -hmm. that was cool but this is everything I don't want a console room to be. And and one of the things that has, has been a pattern in in New Who has been these just, every console room has got to be bigger and better and grander and, and and no, I mean when we saw the original Hartnell console used a couple of times now in the series, it just looked so good in comparison. Mm. Uh, I, I did at least like some aspects of the Capaldi one where they sort of had the, book, the books and it was a bit more spacious and open and a bit, bit better, but no, I really, really disliked it, and I, I think, again, I'll be in the minority, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not dying in a ditch over the bloody console room, you know. It's, it's the thing they arrive in and the thing they leave in, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you asked my opinion, and I didn't like
0: it. Yeah, and look, it may change during her run, you know. Smithy had that steampunk console room for a little while, then he had a different one that was more like Capaldi's, pretty much the same as
1: Capaldi's. Oh, and that rotating police box, that's just too knowing that's just too
0: nice I've made a reference to that I made a reference to the biscuit and the spinning police box the biscuit I thought was cute and I hope it's not used ever again but the spinning police box was the the modern version of the doctor having question marks on his collar
1: yeah yeah good analogy yeah very good analogy yeah
0: that's that's how I, I saw it just immediately thought no 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 that's,
1: <laughs> that's not right can I bring it back to a positive role of course uh, I, I want to really compliment the design of this episode, particularly in the second half where they got to the ruins. In my mind, when they said you've got to go to the ruins, I had this image of what ruins in a sci-fi program look like, and they didn't look like that. They were new, they were different. It, it was steel rather than stone. Mm. Uh, it, it had interesting angles, It had interesting lighting. Uh, there were there were lots there was, there was there was lots of imagery in this that I thought was really really good which again comes back to, although I've been incredibly critical of a couple of small aspects of this episode, I hope that hasn't distorted people's understanding of my opinion of it because overall, the adventure, the look, the story, the, 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 it, it, it engaged me, and I enjoyed this. It's just a shame the couple of things I didn't enjoy were very strong negatives. Mm. But yeah, I, I thought this was, this was a fun adventure, and all I ever want, I keep saying this, I've said this for as long as we've been doing this podcast, Rob, All I want from Doctor Who is fun adventures and this delivered. So, you know, it's two thumbs up for me.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to outscore me on this when we get to the end of the episode. And I didn't think it was bad myself, so I can certainly see that you liked it, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, quickly, the Chibnall death count. (coughs) Dave, it's still on five. No one died this week. No, that's interesting. But I will raise something interesting. Interesting. And that's that I think we're going to see Tim Shaw again. You see, at the, at the end of last episode, I was saying the death count is five. And I think you said, isn't it six? What about Tim Shaw? And a few of our listeners said, what about Tim Shaw too? I said, look, I don't think Tim Shaw's dead. And we got a sense in this episode that Tim Shaw, certainly his race is maybe going to wheedle its way back into this story. And I think if the race is, I think Tim Shaw will come back as well. So I think that's even more proof that Tim Shaw might be back. So although we didn't get anyone killed this week, I think we maybe got confirmation that I was right in not bumping off Tim Shaw last week.
1: It would be odd for them to have made reference to that race again if they don't plan to then build them up and pay it off. Now, whether whether that's paying it off in a... Uh, large mid-episode mid, mid episode sort of adventure or whether they're going to be the big bad at the end of the season I don't know I, I, I have seen a bit of Twitter today and one, one of the disadvantages of recording these after work is during work you can't help but see a few tweets mm. and there has been some speculation that maybe the, this is going to be an ongoing thing and there's a reference to them in every episode uh, I, I, I again it's possible uh, we may or may not have that I don't know
0: mm. Shall we go to the sports desk?
1: Uh, let's go And we are back at the sports desk. We are looking for our play of the week, our player of the week, and of course our foul of the week before we wrap everything up. Mm. Rob, what was your play of the week?
0: Dave, my play of the week was the doctor touching the TARDIS, walking up to the TARDIS, and we have that close-up of the, uh, the the wood or the faux wood of the TARDIS, and uh, which is weird, because I think police boxes were concrete in real life, weren't they? But anyway, I digress. Um <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, th- I think I think there was some variation, but let's not go down that rabbit hole.
0: No, no. Um, the Doctor just touching it, the look on her face. Maybe it was the music, but I've forgotten the music because, again, the music in this episode was unobtrusive. Uh, it, it really
1: was, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: This this was like how someone might greet a horse. You know, they go up and they nuzzle against the horse. Um, and that's essentially what the TARDIS is, isn't it? It's the, it's the transport for the Doctor, just like a horse would be for a person. I thought this yeah. was beautiful and I almost teared up. Almost.
1: I, I agree. It was a really nice moment. I thought Jodie played it really, really well. Uh, Jodie's performance, to me, has not been stellar yet, but I haven't been able to fault it yet. But what, what I've faulted has been her dialogue. Mm. And, yeah, this, this was a really lovely moment from her.
0: Yeah, that was my play of the week, because that, that's everything about Doctor Who to me. That's the Doctor and his slash her time machine. So, Dave, what was your play of the week?
1: My play of the week was a moment that uh, our friends at Flight Through Entirely would call a Doctor Who Monster Book fan moment, mm-hmm. and I don't care. I will, I will, I will embrace that that label. It was a it was a moment where the second ship came into view, and you had this wonderful shot with a couple of the characters on the ground in this alien looking environment. Wonderful big blue sky, and then you just saw. The, the, the glow of another ship coming to view and then coming down and chasing them and I just thought, this looks really cool this is a really fun moment it looks good, it's exciting it's a spaceship chasing our heroes on an alien planet and hey, this is just fun and I, I thought that was a really fun moment um, I almost went for the moment right at the start where they, uh, they were collected because it was just such a wonderful hitchhiker's moment, but mm. I'm going for that spaceship crashing moment, I just thought that was really cool
0: if you're being chased by a spaceship, Dave, would you not just run to one side or the other?
1: Okay, so <laughs> in my mind, I did have what, what, what is known in some circles as the Prometheus school of running away from things, where you, you run just away from it rather than to the side. However, they were in a ditch.
0: Yeah, uh, True.
1: So they couldn't run from side to side. It was very clever, and I, I, it, it crossed my mind. And no, no, I will, uh, I will call you out on that, Rob. I think they couldn't.
0: Okay, yeah, they were in a ditch. Very true. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Foul of the week, Dave. What was your foul of the week? Sounds like you had a few.
1: Uh, my foul of the week, I'm giving to the very last moment of the doctor being dejected after the tent leaves. I thought that was absolutely terrible. Um, the 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 doctor should be like Tim Allen in Galaxy Quest. Never, never give up. Never surrender. Yeah. I just thought this was a really awful moment for the Doctor. And, it, and and for people who are not yet sold on Jodie Whittaker, I'm worried that that moment particularly will be one where they start to go, maybe I don't like her Doctor. And that's a worry. I, I thought it was really, really bad.
0: I can really buy into that because, yes, it wasn't a very Doctorish moment. And like I said earlier in the episode, it could have been done so differently, so easily.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I, I stress, I've said all along, we need to give Jodie four, five, six episodes to really get... Uh, a handle on her character, yes. and we're not remotely there yet. So I'm not writing her off, but these episodes, sorry, but these moments were problems for me. She's a better actress than that. I can al- I can already tell that. She should not be written like that. Fair enough. Your foul, Rob.
0: My foul is is kind of a a silly one. I'm going to say it was the sniper bots because if they're snipers, why were they armed with more assault rifle type weapons? <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> Uh, fair enough uh rob your player of the week
0: my player of the week dave is jody whittaker once again uh i know you've got some differences here but i think she's really grabbed onto the role and like i said with regard to my play of the week that moment where she touched the tardis the look on her face i completely buy into her as the doctor i'm i'm really really happy with her and i can see how there's room to grow i can still see that too but i'm really happy with it and out of everyone in this episode I think it's got to go to her
1: uh, fair enough I gave Ryan the uh, runner-up in my player of the week last time I'm giving it to him on this occasion I thought his performance was really good I'm really interested in his character he's a very different character to what we've had in Doctor Who he, he's surprising me which is good for a series after 55 years and uh yeah I, th- I thought he, he earned it this time that's not a knock on Whittaker or anyone else I just thought he deserved the chocolates this time
0: Fair enough. Now, we got some uh, listener feedback, which is fantastic, um, both emails and tweets and things. We're going to hold off on the emails and the longer form stuff until our monthly episode at the end of the month. But for the shorter stuff, Dave, shall we rip through a few comments before we give our final scores?
1: Uh, Yes, we're we're going to read out just the hot take tweets, the ones that have come in between somebody watching the episode and us recording so they're equally as hot as ours and all all the more thoughtful stuff that comes in later on in the week we're we're saving for a more thoughtful podcast uh or or more more reflective i should perhaps say hopefully we're being thoughtful today
0: absolutely so i'll kick off with uh steven from new to who who tweets at steed Styland. g'day steve and news dave steve is going to co-host the show next week when you're not here Oh, excellent. Well, that will be exciting. Mm. Steve says, I love Doctor Who and the Keys of Marinus when I read it as a kid and I'm pretty sure children will have loved the episode. Getting a real season one vibe to this series and looks like a historical next week. Anyway, just my first thoughts.
1: Yeah, I can dig that. I think a kid would have loved this. Uh, the, 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 the part of me that is still a 10-year-old fan loved this as well. And I'm, I have no doubt if I was a 10-year-old, watching this i would have absolutely adored it absolutely no doubt yeah steve steve i really agree there uh we have another one from david clark at david clark with an e14 watched episode two and gotta say i loved it a proper in space adventure and building up the new characters nicely with graham being my favorite i <laughs> uh, just love the new look tardis Love jody's take on a doctor a bit second Doctorish.
0: there you go more projection
1: mm, very much so
0: hmm uh, three tweets here from Bernard D at BernardJKD, so I'll rip through them quite quickly. I think it provides a, a counterpoint to what we've just been hearing. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Jody Whittaker has settled on doing an exact impersonation of David Tennant. So <laughs> here we go. Projection again, Dave. Um, yes. I thought I'd never see that persona on screen again. This is a genuine disaster for the character. Saying that, the other cast are coming along fine, unlike Doctor 13. The dyspraxia thing, however, does seem boring already, as you suspected. Graham is marvellous, but Yaz is still spare. It all went flat with the TARDIS reveal, and dialogue lacked any real finesse. For now on, when folk tell me Davison Who was too serious or po-faced, I'll re-watch the custard cream scene and the spinning TARDIS model in Series 11 to remind myself that Frivolous Who is simply lame.
1: Fair enough. I'm I'm not agreeing with Bernard, but I'm not bewildered by that either.
0: No, Well, I mean, you don't like the spinning TARDIS model and, and such either.
1: Yeah, I, I can see exactly where it's coming from. Mm. It's not my thoughts, but I, I'm not baffled by it. I, I, I get it. Just as I get people who are very effusive about this episode.
0: Yeah, I get you.
1: And the final one is from Kieran Hyman at the 66 Ramblers. Sadly, it doesn't look like a pure historical next week based on the trailer. I do think they could still do a cracking pure historical, I agree Kieran. there's going to be a couple of historicals in this season. we know from um, some of the trails and the like so uh let's hold out for it let's 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 see where we are in a month's time
0: yeah, and there was some debate on Twitter after this one went out uh, just on you know would the audience like a pure historical and some people think yes, some people think no think the audience could handle it i think the audience watches historical uh based movies and shows all the time which don't have aliens and stuff in them
1: no uh, there, there is there is some very popular historical stuff uh on television these days it's um it's probably a little bit hard to call them pure because they are very melodramid mm. and and modernized in that sort of term to be really you know pure this this isn't elizabeth r or I claudius or anything like that mm-hmm. um But yeah, yeah, I think it could work. But let's see, what can they come up with?
0: All right. Well, that just leaves uh, us to explain our words of the week and give a score, Dave, and then we're out of here.
1: Okay, so my word was fish. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's because I thought if last week was the entree, this week wasn't the main course yet, it was the fish course.
0: (laughs) You're at a very expensive restaurant if there's a course in between the entree and the main.
1: Well, the fish course is traditional. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought this was the fish course before the main. This ain't and, McDonald's. Uh, no, no, it's not. And um, I'm all the Savoy Grill. Um, <laughs> Hello, <laughs> no, Savoy but, Grill. But, uh, it, it, it's an analogy to say that I did think there was a lot more meat on the bone than this one, but we're not quite where I think we're going to be, and that's fine. The series is ramping up.
0: Dave, we're in very similar territory here. My word of the week was approximately, because I think this is approximately in the right spot, but not quite there.
1: Yeah, I think we're very, very similar. And and, and as I say, I, I enjoyed this episode. and I'm very relaxed about where it is. it's only episode two, the series does need to, 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 to ramp up. It shifted up a gear. There are more gears to go.
0: I think so too. Score-wise, I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10, like last week. I don't think it's the same episode as last week. Uh, and I was almost thinking 8 out of 10 or higher during the first five minutes. But I've ended up back on 7.5 out of 10.
1: Uh, Snap, I've given it seven and a half as well, which is a half a point up from last week. Very positive, very enjoyable. A a, a couple of strong negatives, a lot of room for improvement. A good piece of television. I'm happy.
0: Interesting. I thought you might have been slightly ahead of me. I thought you might have been going to throw an eight at it.
1: Uh, I I, I was very, very tempted, but um, I'm I'm playing the long game on these scores.
0: (laughs) Very good. All right. As I hinted at earlier, next week for the episode Rosa, where the Doctor and co are back in the south of the US of A and are meeting Rosa Parks. I'm going to be joined by Stephen from New to Who while you're off doing something, Dave.
1: Uh, Yes, unfortunately, I will be in Canberra with work next week and uh, working... 12, 15 hour days, so no time for podcasting I'm afraid.
0: Yes, but we will get Dave's thoughts on Rosa when we do the monthly episode and do a bit of a a recap on where the show's up to at the moment. I think we'll have about three episodes in the can by then and some of that monthly episode Dave is going to be recorded in person.
1: Uh, It will be but uh, more on that later.
0: Mm. Mmm. right. Until then, I've been Rob.
1: And I've been Dave.
0: And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Doctor Who Show, the podcast where too much Doctor Who is barely enough. Subscribe to us on iTunes or listen through the website at www.thedwshow.net. Write to us at hello at thedwshow.net or send us a quickie on Twitter at thedwshow. Facebook.com forward slash thedwshow is also a good place to find us if you're so inclined. Our version of the Doctor Who theme arranged by George Locke. Look him up on YouTube, folks. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Doctor Who, all names and sounds, and any other related items are trademarks and or copyrights for the BBC. All other trademarks and trade names are properties of their respective owners. The official Doctor Who website can be found at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash Doctor Who.